RegTech tools can offer tremendous opportunities, but also present tremendous challenges for both firms and regulators alike. The space can also pose some more interesting philosophical challenges when it comes to social impacts. On this episode, we bring together regulators from the States, the UK, and FINRA to discuss these challenges and more. Welcome to FINRA Unscripted. I'm your host, Caitlin Kiernan. We've got a special episode for you today, recording from FINRA's RegTech Conference in New York City. Joining us today, we have Jaime Warke, Senior Director of FINRA's Emerging Regulatory Issues Group, who you may remember from a couple podcasts in 2018. We've also got Michael Pichek, Vermont's Commissioner of Financial Regulation and current president of the North American Securities Administrators Association, or NASA. And from across the pond, we have Nick Cook, head of RegTech and Advanced Analytics at the Financial Conduct Authority in the UK. Jaime, Mike, Nick, welcome to the show. Thank Thank you. you. It's a pleasure to be here. So Jaime, Mike, and Nick were just on a panel together here at the RegTech conference, but we wanted to grab them for a quick discussion on some of the biggest challenges facing regulators and financial firms when it comes to RegTech. They just spent an hour talking about that, and even that wasn't enough. But we'll do our best to hit some of the key items in the 20 minutes or so we have with them today. Just to start, let's get to the basics of what is RegTech and what activities does it encompass? Jaime, maybe you can take this one. Sure. So RegTech is really two words joined together, regulation and technology. And the idea that technology has been involved within helping firms meet their compliance goals is something that's been around for a while. What's different and why the current term got coined more recently is the confluence of the various types of regulatory changes occurring post uh, the financial crisis along with issues around kind of technology, things like AI, cloud computing, all coming together. And so what are some of the most common ways firms are using RegTech at this time? Nick, do you want to take that one? As Jaime points out, a number of firms are focusing on how to use technology to understand regulatory requirements. There's a lot of interest in what we would consider regulatory intelligence tools, helping firms understand what the obligations are and how to comply with them and what it might mean for their business. Sort of one area of a lot of focus. A second is around how to manage obligations in relation to reporting. So moving data from firms to regulators and how to use technology to make that a more efficient and more effective process. And then there's a whole lot more around kind of conduct and regulatory risk management, whether that be in relation to financial crime, money laundering, know your customer type activities, or just other forms of conduct risk management. So supporting compliance teams and others to understand the risks of poor customer outcomes, poor sales practices, and helping ensure that those outcomes are more compliant and fit for purpose. And just to jump in there, so we actually recently at FINRA issued a white paper on RegTech, and we identified five areas where firms are really looking to use a regulatory compliance tools, very much similar to the ones that were just identified by Nick. We talked about issues around surveillance and surveillance more broadly than just kind of looking at market data, but look at issues around market data, unstructured data as well, such as emails, a dialogue that may occur, whether it be audio otherwise within a firm, and try to mirror that up in some type of system using various type of tools that are available today. Looking at AML KYC issues, looking at things like investor risk assessment. So trying to figure out what the risk appetite of investor is beyond what their stated risk appetite is and developing various type of behavioral economical tools tied in with technology tools to be able to get at that a little bit better. 
also looking at issues around regulatory intelligence, as was just mentioned by Nick, and specifically issues around things like machine-readable rule books, as well as ways that firms can incorporate various type of rules that are occurring within multiple regulators into their overall regulatory framework. So it seems like there's a number of ways these tools can help increase both efficiency and compliance at member firms. But I assume there's a number of challenges when it comes to actually implementing those tools at a firm. Mike, can you tell us some of the challenges you've found that firms have seen? Yeah, of course. And then just to start off maybe on the opportunities or the benefits that you alluded to, I think there is great promise and great opportunity in reg tech when you're talking about better compliance done more efficiently, when you're talking about the problems that firms are facing to get the human capital. When you think of compliance, not as a business center or a revenue generator, but as something that costs money for firms, I think all of these things are driving at firms developing and thinking about reg tech. However, as you mentioned, there certainly are concerns. And I think in many ways, they're no different than concerns when you have any type of technology or any type of outside vendor. So on the outside vendor front, certainly as a regulator, we're concerned with the type of due diligence firms are doing when they're looking at partnering with a reg tech company. Is that company operationally, financially, regulatorily sound? What is their regulatory history, if any? What type of cybersecurity practices do they have to protect important consumer data? And as I mentioned, a lot of the promising items that are with RegTech, one thing that I am concerned with as a regulator is that if the technology is not working, if something has failed in the technology or the process, you as a firm potentially have a really big problem on your hand. So if somebody is manually doing compliance and they miss something on a particular account, you might have one instance where an account is non-compliant in some way. But if the technology is failing to pick up on some important key piece, you might have 10,000, 100,000 accounts that are lacking in a particular way. So I think just the scale of the challenge when everything doesn't work is something that is concerning to regulators. So speaking of knowing your vendor, I thought it was funny that Nick did call it know your vendor, which is the KYV, whereas we need, has a, we need KYC. Another acronym, don't yes, we? Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> but you mentioned those problems with scale. So how can firms address the scale problem when they're trying to pick and implement a vendor? One way of doing that is obviously piloting and testing a proposed solution from a reg tech vendor. And then that can be really hard, actually. So finding the right part of a business that has both budget, appetite and mandate to facilitate testing of new technology can be very difficult for a reg tech vendor to, to actually identify that individual. So I think testing experimentation, I think sharing of insights experiences between market participants is another valuable way of getting some feedback from the ecosystem about what's working, what's a good tool, what isn't. That can be very helpful. And I think where possible, engaging early conversations with regulators is a fundamental thing that firms can do to try and get a sense of what are some of the concerns that regulators are likely to have? How do we work through those? Is this just a non-runner before we get too far on this journey? Is this something that will never meet regulatory standards and requirements or is there a way forward? So I think getting that early insight can be very helpful in making sure you don't get too far along the journey and then come across some very significant problems. And I believe both FINRA and the FCA have made significant efforts to allow firms to engage with the Innovation Outreach Initiative, and you have a sandbox in the UK. Mike, how can firms 
reach out to their state regulators for help with engaging early in the process. Yeah, so we've been talking a lot about opportunities for engagement, whether in the states there is the need for a regulatory sandbox like there is in the UK. I think right now, uh, state regulators believe that they have all of the requisite authority that they need to be able to provide some sort of uh, waiver or some sort of alternative to uh, regulation or statute now. So we've heard a lot in the United States of saying, just come and talk to your regulator, have a conversation with them, the door is open. Many people probably don't know their state regulator or where they are or what they do. So every state has a banking, insurance, security, state regulator. Sometimes they're all in one department. And we certainly encourage people people thinking about innovative ideas to come and talk to us first, because we always appreciate talking on the front end rather than having an enforcement investigation compliance issue on the back end. And for the most part, all regulators, state and federal, are open to that collaboration and discussion on the front end, particularly when we're dealing with something as quickly moving as emerging technologies, because everyone, I think, that is coming and talking to a regulator is trying to do the right thing. They're not the bad actors that are out in the space doing whatever they want. So certainly we as regulators have an obligation to treat that very seriously when someone comes and talks to us. So certainly we encourage that conversation from industry. And I would say, you know, we've had formal office hours at FINRA to talk about fintech and regtech issues, primarily through my group. But there's also informal conversations the firms could have with the regulatory coordinators. They can reach out to them about a new thing that they're looking to do, and they'll pull in the right people. I think we have a shared desire with our member firms and with investors, because really what a lot of these regtech tools are designed to do is be able to help us figure out a way to more efficiently and effectively meet the compliance burdens that are on firms. And that's a win for the firms because they're able to do things more efficiently. They devote to the resources to the right things. It's a win for our investors because they're able to have a compliance process that potentially ends up getting better results. And it's better for us as regulators because we are helping both of our constituents, both our members and our investors. So something else that came up during your panel earlier was training staff and the skill sets you need to deploy regtech tools. I'm sure that also plays a role in having the appropriate conversations, not just with regulators, but also internally. So what kind of skill sets and training can firms do to help facilitate strong implementation of regtech? Underneath regtech, there are three or four main building blocks. And I think there is a need for regulators and firms to have some understanding of those building blocks. And the three or four that I would highlight are underneath most of it is some form of big data analytics. And so getting familiar with what are the right questions to ask when it comes to dealing and handling with large amounts of data? What are the right systems in place to protect that? What kind of concerns might we have about the ethicality of using that data? So data skills in their broadest sense, whether it be management of data, analytics of data, they're going to be a fundamental skill in our industry going forward. The second is that a lot of the more progressive reg tech solutions use some form of machine learning. They don't use fully autonomous cutting-edge AI that we might be seeing in other domains, such as autonomous vehicles and things like that, but they do use versions of machine learning. And I think all of us, again, have a need to start to understand and demystify what do we mean by machine learning. There are various types of machine learning. Some are more complicated and confusing than others, but we all need to start to become a little bit more conversant in understanding at least the fundamentals of machine learning. One of the other main areas that a lot of the reg tech solutions rely on is cloud infrastructure. And we need to start to become comfortable in understanding what are the right questions to ask around cloud infrastructure in terms of resilience, particularly, and in terms of cybersecurity. And within that cybersecurity bucket is the kind of fourth area, which I think is really, really important, which is cybersecurity of a system 
is only as good as the people that interface with that system. And so I think all institutions, regulators and member firms have an obligation to start to up the skill and knowledge and understanding of what does good cyber hygiene for a human look like. There's a lot we can do to protect cyber from a system perspective. We need to marry that up with investment training and understanding on the human side. I think Nick is right in terms of those basic skills that everybody should be focused on and acquiring. And certainly Nick touched upon a mechanism that I think works really effectively to do that in terms of pilot program. In a pilot program, you want to be able to understand the technology and how it's going to work in your business model. But I think one of the other benefits of doing that is just that your employees become more immersed in the technology in a hands-on way and not a theoretical way. And I think that's beneficial both in industry and a regulatory body as well. And then the last point I'll just make on that is to think about who should be trained and who should have the basic knowledge, because I made this point before, but cybersecurity was sort of siloed five to 10 years ago into the IT space. However, now, obviously, it's in the executive level, the senior management level, the board level. Everybody has some knowledge and focus on cybersecurity. Similarly, with any type of new technology that you're implementing, particularly for something as important as regulatory compliance, I think a broader scope of individuals should have basic knowledge about what the technology is, how it's used, and what it's trying to solve for. I think that touches on a really important point, though, as well, which is that in order to move forward, humility is going to be crucial. So the ability of people in an institution to recognize they don't have a skill and to be able to admit that and then do something about it. So it's not so much a skill that's necessary, but a, a behavior that is fundamental as well. And to echo that point, I think it probably goes two ways. So it's not just the compliance people that need to learn about the technology, but I think it's important to make sure there's training with the technology folks about what are the compliance things that we're trying to achieve. Neither of those sides have to become an expert. You don't expect the technologist to become an expert in compliance. You don't expect the compliance people to be experts in technology, but they need to be able to understand what are the drivers, what are the issues the other side is concerned about, and what is the language that they're speaking. Because if you have that process and the end result that you get from building these reg tech tools really becomes what you want it to be. And I'm sure as regulators, you face a number of the same challenges that firms face, particularly with what Nick was saying about having big data analytics knowledge and cloud knowledge and machine learning and whatnot. But what other challenges do you face when it comes to examining firms for compliance when they're implementing these tools? So I think there's a very practical one of, do your examiners have any understanding of the technology, of the way it's being used? If they don't, then how are they going to be able to review and ask the appropriate questions and understand that the technology is providing the type of compliance a human being might a few years ago? So I think that level of understanding at the examiner level is critical. And certainly the pilot programs, things of that nature will be helpful. But I think regulators need to immerse themselves in regulatory tools as well. Because at some point, a human regulator won't be able to unpack some of the things that are being done in the industry. It's going to require our own technology, our own reg tech to be able to verify, analyze, and reconstruct some of the outcomes and some of the processes that these very sophisticated programs have. Just one thing I'd add to that. It's not necessarily that clear what good looks like yet. Mm -hmm. And that can be both a process question. So what does a transparent process look like in an institution? But then it's also that some of these technologies lead to societal impacts that we haven't had to really grapple with before. And the example I used on stage was around potential exclusion of certain consumers at the expense of better pricing for those that are included. Now, is that a good outcome? Is that an outcome that we support as a regulator? Is that something we have an issue with? We haven't really had to think about that so much before. And so we need to be learning 
not just what's the impact of the technology, but is that a welcome impact or a welcome outcome on society and markets that we would support? Or is it something that we need to be thinking more carefully about? To build on what Mike and Nick said, I think one of the things we need to be thinking about as regulators is what are the differences between the old way of doing things and the new way of doing things in terms of the risks that are involved. So frequently, we're used to looking at a problem a certain way. If there's a compliance function, do we have these type of issues in there and how we go about checking it? If you're using some type of technology as tools to solve for the problems, those same questions may not be appropriate. And the types of risks that you were thinking about for the old system may not apply. And you have to think about the new types of risks that are being there. There could be some risks are getting taken away, but there's probably likely other types of risks are being added, such as the ones Nick pointed to. You know, is there a type of a skewed bias that may be resulting from the technology tools that are being built? So I think it's incumbent upon us as regulators to be thinking about not just the difference in the technology tools or the difference in the approaches, but what that means in terms of the risks that are being put into the system. That gets to my next question a little bit, where we've talked a lot about the current environment and what's going on right now, but where do you see RegTech being in the next two, three years? It's an interesting question because if you stop and take a moment and think about the larger fintech movement, there are certain evolutions that have happened. Initially, there was this incumbent versus startup dynamic where the startups were going to take out banks or big financial institutions. They were going to do the process quicker, more efficient. Pricing was going to be significantly better. And then after a while, you saw some of the incumbent institutions try to respond by developing their own technologies. Eventually, you saw more of a partnership mold where some of these startups were partnering with larger institutions. And then also, of course, these institutions, instead of making their own technology, would just start acquiring fintechs and incorporate into their system. And the reg tech space is a little bit different because I don't know if you'll see that type of M&A or activity because certainly the regulatory compliance piece is important, but it's not going to fundamentally change your business model or create X amount of new revenue or allow you to scale up to X amount of new clients potentially. So we'll see how that develops, but certainly I think there'll be more investment in the space. I think you'll see more adoption by regulators. I think you'll see things that require judgment, like artificial intelligence, come more and more into play as people try to find ways to have judgment-type decisions be executable automatically. I think that's sort of a place where some view this is ultimately going. But as I said, it's very promising. But I think at this point, a lot of regulators are just trying to watch, help facilitate, and see where it goes. I think the market's starting to mature a bit. And I actually do think you'll see some consolidation because I think some of the reg tech companies provide a point solution that is too narrow and too specific to be attractive to potential purchasers. So I do think you'll see a number of companies consolidate in order to provide a more rounded, holistic end-to-end product. I think you'll see the classic fall off from hype, which will be some disillusionment. I think that will come through over the next couple of years. We've had about a four-year sustained period of increasing excitement, increasing investment. And eventually that will lead at some point to people saying, well, when is this really going to transform in the way that we hope? So you'll see a bit of a drop off. Do you think this FINRA podcast might be a sign that we're jumping the shark? (laughs) (laughs) I I also think there's been a kind of imbalanced development of this topic around the world, frankly. So I think one of the things we will see is a kind of more consolidated, consistent view around the world of the opportunities, the interest and the excitement around this. So I don't think so. I think actually in the United States, the reg tech journey is probably a couple of years old. In other parts of the world, it's probably into its fourth or fifth year where there's a bit of cynicism coming in. I think the other thing I would probably call out is that you will see more collaboration. The thing that we have learned time and time again from our involvement in the reg tech ecosystem is 
the collaboration between the vendors, multiple financial services firms, the regulators, the academic community and others, because these are new technologies and these are new questions. No one has the intellectual capital to solve most of them on their own. So collaboration is going to be absolutely crucial. And I think more international collaboration will be something you'll see a lot more of. I think what you're likely to see is a lot of these kind of new technologies and new approaches that the larger firms are looking to adopt they start becoming adopted and they start becoming commoditized. And once they get to the stage where they get commoditized, it becomes easier for maybe the smaller firms and others through vendors and others to actually incorporate them. You're not going to be able to see small firms do a lot of capital investments in developing these latest approaches. But I do think they potentially have the benefits that attach to them because as these approaches get built, they find out less expensive ways to do them and they potentially become commoditized. And I think that helps the whole regulatory community. So I don't think you'll see kind of everybody adopting everything at once, but you'll see a couple of wins and those wins getting filtered through the rest of the industry. Well, that's all we have time for. But Jaime, to wrap up, for the listeners who missed the conference and want to hear more about RegTech, how can they keep up on future events and more of the information coming out of your shop? So do a little plug. So you can go on finra.org backslash fintech and you can get a review of things like the RegTech report we put out, other types of reports, as well as notices, investor alerts around the issues of financial technology and RegTech. And I hope people take a time to look at that page. Nick, Mike, Jaime, thanks for joining me. From New York, I'm your host, Caitlin Kiernan. If you have questions for future guests or ideas for future episodes, let us know. You can email us at finraunscripted at finra.org. Until next time. note FINRA podcasts are the sole property of FINRA and the information provided is for informational and educational purposes only. The content of the podcast does not constitute any FINRA rule or amendment or interpretation of such rules. Compliance with any recommended conduct presented does not mean that a firm or person has complied with the full extent of their obligations under FINRA rules, the rules of any other SRO or securities laws. This podcast is provided as is. FINRA and its affiliates are not responsible for any human or mechanical errors or omissions. Parties may not reproduce these podcasts in any form or reference them in any publication without the express written consent of FINRA.